Welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. Uh, we're talking with the, uh, what, what was your official title again, Andrew? Regional Manager of the North Side. Regional Manager of the North Side of Upland Brewing, Andrew Priller. Thank you for having us today. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, we're here in a, on an away game. We are at the Fountain Square location. And I got to say, I've been in a lot of Uplands, but this space is huge. Yeah, it's big. You guys have an entire bike shop in here. Yeah. Grego sells specialized stuff, and they uh, kind of serve that part of the community. People can stop by, get their bikes repaired, buy a bike. Giant buy kitchen. Buy a bike would be great. You were, you were telling us that you guys prepare like a lot of the stuff here for yeah. all the other spots. So half the kitchen is our commissary, so we do all our sauces. It's about consistency, so mm. you know, making sure every location is getting the same quality. It's great. And obviously, uh, people know that Upland is a sponsor of the podcast. And I think, obviously, the main thing that Upland is always associated with is uh, amazing craft beer. But today, we got to sample some of the amazing food here at the tap room. And that's the thing that I really want to get across and I know is important to you, is letting people know, like, how bomb the food is here. Yeah. I mean, for a brewery, we have, you know, a chef on hand. So, like... It's just different. Like everything is curated to be quality driven. Um, it's not just junk food thrown in front of you. Although we have some items, you know, like we classify as like beer eating food, you know, but a lot of stuff is like, you know, like really thought out dishes. Mm-hmm. Kind um, of like elevated yeah. Western. Like it's creative, but it also it stays in the realm of like traditional stuff that, you know, like we all grew up with. You brought out some amazing, amazing plates, amazing dishes for us today. <laughs> Uh, do you want to just run through some of the stuff that you yeah. have now? So we started off with uh, appetizers, obviously. So beer brewery, we got to have appetizers. So you have something that you can just eat at the bar. Um, I did our famous spin dip. It's like ever since we've opened the kitchen, which is like the kitchens have been open close to 20 years now. Oh, like right. having a kitchen in Bloomington and stuff. Um, they've done that spin dip. You know, it's just a classic spin dip. Cream cheese, spin, spinach, salt and pepper. Um Cows with pitas and chips, just easy to just sit there and yeah. on it. Shareable, yeah, good. yeah. And then we did the tomato pie. So we talked about that last time. I think very, very unique. I don't think I've ever had anything quite. It's like a southern that dish. It's a play on like a farmer's dish. So mm-hmm. like, with a lot of people who live in rural areas would eat. He said it was like stewed a, tomatoes, right? stewed tomato, and what's the what's the cream kind of on there? The the way so it's just mayo and parmesan. Mm. But you know what I mean? Like, Sounds very southern. <laughs> like a lot of people, like they're like, is it cheese? I'm like, no, it's just mayo. But mm. like the Parmesan's obviously a cheese. Like they were thinking cream cheese, but no, it's mayo. It's like, and that's the southern part, right? Yeah. The farms. Um, and then balsamic and some shaved Parmesan on top. Just the, uh, I think my favorite standouts were the uh, wings, obviously. Wings, oh man! I mean, smoked wings. So. Smoked wings is like cheat code for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like so. you, you say no more, say yeah. less. Put more wings in my mouth. And we brought uh, it out like half lunch, half breakfast for the like brunch. The duck tacos. Yeah. And I, lo- I love the, uh, the the presentation. Like I love like when a, well, you know, you get like uh, almost a half a duck. <laughs> you get like a, yeah. And, and then the, the fixings is great. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's too is like um, just trying to separate ourselves. With, like when it comes to food, like presentation matters, right? So we want something when it comes out to be like, not just appealing to the stomach, but appealing to the eyes. Because we, the guys that made this menu, myself included, with mm-hmm. it, the people who cook it and run the kitchens, they take a lot of pride, a lot of work. Everything's made from scratch. Like 
we say that, and I don't know if people realize how much energy goes yeah. into that every yeah. day to unlock that door and make that happen every day. Yeah, I mean, we, we got here early, and the kitchen was already up yeah. bustling. And those guys are the most important thing to this business. It's like people who work in our kitchen because, like, they're coming in at 8 o'clock and making these recipes. What was the dish the with the – it had biscuits and gravy and then the fried – So we call that the Big Nasty? Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's named after me. Um, no. uh, but yeah, so it's just a fried piece of chicken and biscuits and gravy. Oh my God. Well, you know, there's not much more you have to do. No. Right. What else do you want from us? You just need gravy and chicken. It's going to work. So good. And we're going to put, we're going to put, uh, pictures up on our yeah. Instagram all week long. As yeah. Well. So we all the beef and everything that was used like Fisher Farms. Love them. Um, the go-to. You know, everything we Jasper, Indiana. Jasper, Indiana. We did desserts. We did, you know, like bread pudding we make in house. We make it the coffee cake. We make the chocolate tart. And then the ice cream was from Chocolate Moose in Bloomington. So, Love which is like moose. we align with these companies because yeah. one, you know, they all kind of started at the same time Upland did. Mm. And two is like, you know, just having, you know, helping out people, farmers, people with small businesses. It's kind of part of our mission, so it's not just like, hey, what's the cheapest thing possible? It's more like, you know, what's going to be the best quality? And then how do we? How are we able to get that through someone local? Thad was a big fan of the chocolate tart, but he is a pastry boy on record. Yeah, we make that chocolate tart, so it's not like something we just go buy from the bakery. It's like something that, like, they'll make the chocolate bars go freeze or cool in the cooler and then cook down the graham cracker crust and Assemble the whole thing. This is amazing. Uh, we are here on Sunday brunch, which yeah. is in, at this location in Fountain Square means it's a hip hop brunch. A hip hop brunch. We got uh, Mike Michael Graves, DJ Dickie Fox. He comes out here every Sunday and just jams, man. We just let him do, do his thing. You know, he just plays hits. It's bangers. great. And I know that this is a lot of your influence because you're an old school hip hop guy. I love and it. I love that about you. So it's a it's a great ambiance. It's a great chill environment. Every time I go out there, it just seems like everyone's just having a great yeah. time. Get all the big windows, the sun pouring in, and the and the hip hop playing. Like that is a fun from a guy that knows brunch. That is a yeah. fun brunch. And then when the patio opens up, he's out on the patio. So he's right there on the corner. You literally stand on the corner right there and just hang out. But uh, that's the idea. It's like black party type thing Hell every yeah. day. It's like bringing people together. You know, like we all have common interests. And uh, just keeping it organic, man. Awesome. Not trying to culture mulch. Well, thank you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you for the hospitality. Absolutely. Well, a hundred thank yous from uh, from the whole team. You took really good care of us today. And for those of you out there, uh, if, you, if you haven't got a chance to try the amazing food at any Upland Brewery location, uh, go check it out. And especially if you want to come check out the Hip Hop Brunch, it's uh, every Sunday in Fountain Square. Yeah, I'll love you. Eleven to two. Yeah. We got cocktails, all that too. So we're not just, you know, we got beer. So, of course, that's the standout. But we also, we got something for everybody. So, that three way liquor license. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta make it pay. All right. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah. Oh, I'm meeting brunch with my 
my people though The homie Dyke just cooked up a feast and we bout to eat it bro Fucked around and has to miss the lobster with the poutine Daddy is rolling blow dream, them boys got down a routine It's nap town culture, cooking seven courses Had to pass the torch and now I'm grabbing second portion So sit back, relax, grab a drink and a smoke It's all the brunch on the way and get prepared for the jokes Whoa Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me, as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. My nipples are hard and my buns are soft. This was great food. On the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, and the last woke dragon, give it up for Zach Rowan. I'm not going to comment on my nipples. (laughs) And a very special uh, returning champion with us in studio for this wonderful away game at Upland Brewery. Comedian Lucas Waterfill. I think uh, nipple play for dudes is underrated. Yeah, yeah. You Thank like you. you like to be tweaked up. I like to be tweaked up. <laughs> Some uh, foreplay. You know. <laughs> are you, do you are you pierced? Do you have your nips, nips pierced? Uh, surprisingly, you would think. Do you seem like the kind of guy. I have a, no. I have what I have is a navel ring. And two nipple rings and just a chain attaches. <laughs> it's like a triangle. You look like a. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. My caregivers do not like it. <laughs> They're not big fans of it. You look like a '90s chain wallet. Yeah. <laughs> I am a Jinko Jean. <laughs> Oh my God! Did you did you were you ever into Jinkos? Uh, no, I was like more um, like hardcore. Oh, was it like the tight jeans? It was like I was like um, khaki shorts and Vans mm. and like uh, yeah, kind of like I don't know, but like uh, band t shirt and uh, anger, kind of anger. I <laughs> I would wear the Jinkos that were like they were so big that it just looked like I was wearing a dress most of the time. It looked like a floor, yeah, that makes sense. a floor a floor length skirt. I I could see that. Well, didn't she major in political science? Wasn't that true? Yeah, that is true. So I could see like the punk shirts going on. Yeah, you know, yeah. the Kennedys, Dead Kennedys, uh, yeah, my threat, bad brains, like all that. Super rage against the machine. Mm-hmm. I went to a Rage Against the Machine show like at 2008, and I was like telling my parents, "This is the last one. They're breaking up. We need to go." <laughs> and done it like 50 times. What I what I loved it was in the last uh, couple political cycles. There's always the people that are like, "I used to love Rage Against the Machine until they got so political." <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. My my favorite ones are like. Oh, Rage Against the Machine doesn't like Democrats either? That's weird. <laughs> what do they like if they don't like Democrats or Republicans? That's the only politics there are. But. Now, now you are, uh, for one of the funniest comedians in the Midwest, you are also uh, like a an activist. Yes. Like sometimes you might turn on the local C-SPAN and see Lucas Waterfield testifying. Testifying before the Indianapolis City County Council. And they politely clap and be like, yeah, that's not going to (laughs) change. 
Nothing's gonna change. But good to hear from you, Carpo boy. <laughs> what were some of the things that you were talking to them about? Uh, so recently we did. Uh, I'm a member of DSA, Democratic uh, Socialists of America, and the uh, and I was a part of um, last year a. Um, city resolution to back Medicare for all, which is just like basically they're saying like we, you know, as a if this were gonna happen, we back it. Yeah, and it's it was more like a publicity stunt than right. anything. It's like racists need Medicare too, right? Right. Like Medicare for all. Like racists need <laughs> Medicare help too. Racist? That covers all, am I correct? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you want to test people <laughs> that are racist? Yeah. And then be like, oh, sorry, you're cancer. You, you gotta die. I'm just saying everybody I would back, I would back that, actually. Even racist? No, I would back, like, Okay, you can get your tumor removed if you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you know Martin Luther King's birthday. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. I don't even know Martin Luther King's birthday. You're not getting your tumor removed. <laughs> oh, great. I am lousy with tumors also. That sucks. No, I don't know. I think there should just be exchange. Like, if you're racist and you need, like, a heart transplant, you have to get a black or a Jew heart oh, put into you. That's good. Yeah. Black I or Jew heart by Dyke Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a game show right there. <laughs> I, I we put a heart in you. Now you're going to have to guess was it a black heart or a Jew heart? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing there are different tests for racists that they've been developing. I think AI is really close to figuring out if people are racist or not. Um, via their, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, like <laughs> Zach, you would, I push you a little, and you go, "Hey, I'm down." I'm pretty sure the AI is going to be racist before it stops racists. Oh, you think so? Yeah, it looks like that's where it's going. Well, AI is racist because it just curates like an amalgamation of everything of the internet, and the right. internet's pretty racist, right? Yeah. So I imagine AI is going to be horny and racist. <laughs> Um, my two favorite things. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know what that means. Uh, no, so back to my political work. Uh, <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, so we passed that. And then uh, recently I've been working on a Supreme Court case that uh, would... Um, if passed through the Supreme Court, would make it so that uh, people that receive Medicaid and um, food stamps can't sue the state if their shit gets fu- if like their stuff gets messed up. Mm. So um, you want them so they can or can? And so they can, but if it mm. if it passes through the Supreme Court, which it probably will. Um, it's called Tulesky versus um, HHC, uh, and it's um, it's gonna 
it's going to make it so people can't sue um, the state if, like, their Medicaid or food stamps get um, taken away. So they're basically messing with the most vulnerable people in um, the country. And, uh, you know, just making it harder for people to do their basic shit, like just live and have health care and uh, like, if I didn't have Medicaid, I'd be stuck in bed all day, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, or relying on my family. So, like, it's hard enough to get Medicaid, and it's hard, there's enough red tape. We don't need more red tape for the mo- more, most vulnerable people. So, you're saying right now, as it stands, if there is a problem with Medicaid, there is no recourse for, no, I'm saying, I'm sorry, go ahead. It, uh, I, I was just trying to understand the exact yeah, thing that you're trying to change. Yeah, so so what we're, the rule now is you can sue the state if, if you get your Medicaid taken away or they don't cover something, you can advocate for yourself and go through different um paths to get your Medicaid back. But with this ruling, they're making it harder to do that and mm. making it more challenging to do mm. that. So we're we're like he, the problem we're so on our heels, like the left in the progressive culture in this um country, we're fighting for rights that we had, you know, 40 years ago, like, you know, 50 years ago, we're trying, we're not gaining ground, we're trying to keep ground. And like, it's just like, there's no public good anymore. There's no, um, there's, there's no like, there's no good healthcare, there's no, um, you know, fair wages. There's no, like, nothing is for the people anymore. It's all stripped away and being corporatized and privatized. So we're just trying to keep the ground we have, let alone make progress. So, I don't know. That's what I'm doing. Uh, it's it's confusing. There's, there's, you know, legal jargon and um, a lot of corruption involved, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people that just want to, you know, stuff their pockets with Medicaid money. And it's real shit. It's like the wire shit, you know, that mm. in real life. Uh, it sucks. But. It's always, it's always interesting uh, talking with you, Lucas, because you you are involved in these things in the city in, in a very serious way. And I also know you from comedy as being one yeah. of the funny. So I'm always like waiting for you to cut into a joke and I'm like, oh, he's being real serious right now. Yeah, yeah. But the opposite of that, when I came to your special taping, 
you would fool me every time because you start a lot of these jokes in a very serious way and everyone kind of leans in, you kind of bring everybody in and then you hit them with the punchline. So like when you're talking seriously, now I'm, you have me trained the yeah, other way. I'm like, the, here comes like, the punchline. I was like, stuff pockets, stuff pockets, Medicaid money, which is so funny with that. Yeah, we'll stuff your pocket. And you do, I you, you, uh, <laughs> I mean, if that's with money, then I'll just say yes. And you did record, uh, your album, and your album, uh, release is tonight at the White Rabbit. Hey, yeah, tonight, uh, we have, uh, a good lineup here on it, Dyke. Uh, hey, uh, so what it's gonna be is, so the special actually comes out tomorrow through comedy dynamics and uh but i'm uh, i'm um doing a release show at white rabbit which is my favorite venue in the city uh they're great people and i'm having uh blake hammond Dion curry david uh brooks dyke michaels and sarah um Great lineup. Huntington? Sarah Huntington, of course. And um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be loose. Uh, I might do a little, you know, 10, 15 minutes, but I'm just gonna go up there and thank everybody and might have a couple drinks, I don't know, just to celebrate it. But uh that's awesome. Now, some people say that it's too many black people on the lineup. What do you say to that? Um, I'm just trying to cover my ass. For a few <laughs> <years>. <laughs> I'm trying to, uh, you know, be the progressive guy. Uh, that's my brand. No, uh, no. I mean, it just. You don't have a black friend. You have black friends. Uh. I, yeah, friends. <laughs> um, you know, I. I I, it just happened that way. <laughs> I, no, I need to do that because I want to be part of the culture. No, I don't know. <laughs> now I feel like I'm appropriating. <laughs> it's a fine line. Respect and appropriation is a fine fucking line. Does everybody get like a Dal Sheiky at the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I did, you know, certain people have, uh, you know, do, like I have like one of my best friends uh, is a white guy named Eli, and he. I have a white friend, believe yeah, it or not. They're not all. They're not all the enemy. <laughs> but uh, like he has like a like one of those minds for like. Uh, you know, he, he remembers every like uh, song title, every song name, you know, like I don't, I'm like, yeah, I like that song. And so like when it comes to hip hop, he's just like an encyclopedia. And I'm just like, yeah, I had my white friend explain hip hop to me because I don't remember everything. Dude, white people love their opinions about hip hop. Let me tell you. Dude, I'm so sick of it. I'm so, this, this is my opinion about white people having opinions about hip hop. Um, just don't, uh, don't because, you know, you've, uh, just listen. We could just listen. Yeah. It's and, for everybody though, right? Yeah. Isn't hip hop for everybody? Yeah, but it's not about everybody. Uh, mm. no, I don't know. I'm not a gatekeeper. I, mean, I don't know. Here's the thing though. I mean, you have some good opinions on hip hop. 
Like, I will talk to you about hip-hop because you listen. Yeah, I listen to it. But I I just think, I think there's too many white guys with beards with opinions. And we just need to, like... Stick to craft beer, buddy. We just need to listen. It's good to listen. Like... Like these, like fifteen-minute videos about the double entendres and the triple entendres, mm. and you know what this. I don't know. Now, I think, now I'm going on a rant. I think um, all you need for hip hop is a stir. I think if you did hip hop, I don't think anybody would. Uh, there, there would be no naysayers. Everybody'd be like, "This guy's had a struggle. He yeah, can, he can do hip hop." My family would be like, "Hey." We grew up with you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you grew up with a pool, dude. Shut the fuck up. Lucas Waterfield <laughs> sings the blues. Plainfield, <laughs> Indiana, fighting Quakers, mm. and I'm gonna laugh. But I would say, I would say, you and me are both probably in the same boat. We got poorer as we got older. Like into yeah. adulthood, we became poor. I wasn't that's, raised poor. I'm just that, been a poor adult. Yeah, that's a that's a great thing about being a millennial. Yeah. It's like you get the experience <laughs> of like digressing. Like our mm-hmm. parents yeah. have, like got money and we lost money. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just holding out for my own dust bowl situation. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be the grapes of wrath. I feel like I'm gonna do a remake of Eight Mile in my fifties. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm moving to a trailer park at fifty five. <laughs> I would <laughs> I came from something but now I have nothing. <laughs> the reverse eight mile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes your dreams don't come true. <laughs> Most of the time, your dreams don't come true. Lucas is Benjamin buttoning his way into poverty. (laughs) I was born with a gold-plated diaper, and now I live in the street. Now I just have a diaper. Oh, man. Um, I want to interrupt real quick. This This is a funny conversation. Uh, but not better tasting than Uplink. Oh <laughs> uh, that is harsh, man. Uh, Uplink is so good, uh, and it makes me interrupt and just say, mm-mm, Uplink is so good. You didn't know Thad became a corporate show <laughs> since the last podcast. I, I sold out. Yeah, he's trying to make his dreams come true. Now I guess. <laughs> Yeah, Thad's life is getting better. He's yeah. going. He's going up. He's or, going in the right direction. Or you guys are talking about gold plated diapers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way to getting some gold plated diapers by Upland. The only way to have gold plated diapers. Sponsors. Yeah. Integrity mm. is for the birds. Huh? Integrity is for the birds. <laughs> I mean, we're at Upland right now, so gotta play the game. Last time, last time, Lucas, we had you on the podcast. It was right before we. I think it was right before, right at the beginning of us switching to video. So this is the first time. Oh yeah, I'm on video, baby. You're on on video. I'm on video. Um, Now, last time we had you on, and if you if you go back to that, what was the name of that episode? Say, cocaine behind the dumpster. Yes. Uh, if you go back and listen to the episode "Cocaine Behind the Dumpster," oh, yeah. you're gonna get a uh, ear. Uh, it was a great kind of first impression of of Lucas. Um, now here we are, uh, almost a year later, kind of yeah, about ni- about nine months later. Yeah, about. Yeah, and you've recorded your special, and I I don't want to undersell this special. I full disclosure. Want to oversell? I took an edible. 
and I sat in the front row, and I got to tell you, that's the best way to watch comedy. I mean, I, mean, I should start hearing all edibles. But I, I sat at the front row, and uh, I got to tell you, there's been a few times in my life where the – I mean, everybody was great. Everybody that you had on opening up for you was great. But that set for your special, the temperature of the room changed. Like, you could really feel – like, I could feel the laughter coming back from behind me and over me um, throughout the whole thing. Like, there really is a magic when comedy is done at the highest levels. And I've only really seen it, like, live, like, a few times. Like, when we saw, like, Tim Dillon in a small club, when I saw Jessica Kirsten in a small club, and then when I saw your album recording, there really is, like, a magic to it. And, like – it's an amazing special. It was it was so fun just to watch. You had three sold out shows back to back to back to record it. Yeah. And um, where is that going to be available to to watch on video? Yeah. So thank you so much. That's awesome. Uh, Todd, you got anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I'll get you a beer. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, it'll be on um, the Comedy Dynamics website uh, uh, on uh, tomorrow on February fourteenth, uh, and I think they're streaming on um, uh, Amazon, and you'll be able to buy the CD, the uh, the album version on iTunes and spot it'll be streaming on Spotify and all that stuff. Now this awesome. this is your first special, right? Yeah, this is like ten years in the making of material, and um, it, like it really it really came together, and I think I'm really proud of it, and I've heard it, and it's great, and. Um, I just like I like what I do because it's a full idea like mm-hmm. this it's uh, crystallized hour like I think it all flows together very nicely and I don't know I, it, it's just something I got under my belt and I will always have no matter what um, so no matter if I'm living in trailer at, you know 65 yeah. you can tell the neighborhood kids i was somebody once i made this special whatever oh man yeah are they mutants in the future is that yes, why they have yeah, them yeah of course they are uh, we're on covid 20 we're, we're on covid 45 <laughs> And everybody's mutants. I'm the actual most normal-looking person. They think I'm a fucking superhero. They're like, you have a nose? You can smell? We can't smell. Lucas is running the Thunderdome. That's my life goal. Hey, let's take a quick uh, commercial break, and we'll be right back with more Lucas Waterfield. I'd also like to say he's funny. (laughs) Gen Z can't stop raving about the Harder Brunch Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Harder Brunch slaps. No cap, the Harder Brunch podcast is busting on God. Move over, Boomer. Gen Z's here to talk to you about the Harder Brunch Patreon. Harder Brunch podcast on Patreon, $3 a month, low-key a steal. 
The Harder Brunch Podcast deadass has me bricked up every day. <laughs> Listen to these all totally real testimonials. No, like, I'm getting paid to do this. Don't worry. Yeah. No. You think I do this for free? No. The Harder Brunch Podcast deadass slaps. younger! The Harder Brunch Podcast deadass slaps. Just go to patreon.com backslash harder brunch. The Patreon After Brunch Podcast hits different. That shit makes you feel shit. The Harder Brunch Podcast fucks. Welcome back to No Medicaid for Racist Podcast, uh, where we really just want to make sure that if you're racist, you do not get universal health care. Yeah. No, I don't true. think that's true. <laughs> Guys, Harder Brunch has been pretty hard on racists lately. <laughs> and I, Harder Brunch, will apologize on behalf of Dyke and his, his bullying. You know, if you're racist, you're racist. You really can't help it. So this is the end. You can eat. I'm not going to tell you you you're wrong about racism, <laughs> but um, it's a classic white trap. Yeah, yeah. No, right. you're, you're wrong. <laughs> you just get me <laughs> about racism. Yeah, I you know I've been wrong about many things, but racism is not one of them. Uh, Zach, I think I think you guys have set up a bit of a. I don't know. I was on break and then I came back and you have this racist test up here. Do you want to walk Lucas through this? Yeah, walk me through it. Oh, okay, so we uh, pulled up the white fragility quiz. Uh, so tell me, Lucas, which of these feelings have you had when someone has suggested that something you've said or done might be racist? Um, I'm scared. You're scared? Yeah. Right. I'm always scared. What about outraged? No, just scared. Just scared? Uh, um, no, I feel um, silenced. Yeah, uh, that makes uh, sense. I'm scared. And then I feel um, like we shouldn't be doing this test anymore. Um, <laughs> ju- all right, so ju- we're going to all trap questions. Though. Yeah, yeah judge. That's judge, a good one. yeah. All right. How have you responded when someone suggested that something you've said or done might be racist? I've cried. Yeah, I've <laughs> I broke down in tears. Emotionally withdrew? Yeah. What is physically left? Is that I, just teleporting? I, I, <laughs> yeah. I've, you operate to another, another plane. I've tried to physically leave, but I was downstairs at the time. So you just had to sit in racism? Uh, yeah, I couldn't. I That's the worst. And physically leave. That would be the best superpower. If, like anytime See, somebody just okay. okay, this is my thing, though. Yeah. This white fragility test. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty ableist. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, physically left. Oh. I'm, I'm triggered, man. That is true. Well, it does It does say emotionally, though, so it leaves you all the options. Uh, well. They should have a caveat on there. Let's see what the next question says. Which of these statements have you made when someone has suggested that something you've done is racist? That you marched in the 60s? I know color yeah. people. You uh, don't. I, I know, know people of color. I wish uh, there were two uh, checkboxes. Uh, 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 at least I use uh, yes. people first. Yeah. You yeah. know, people language. First. Oh, okay. They're, they're racist, but they use the correct right terminology, yeah. which is a weird lane to be in. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like they don't have any of the real key tick boxes here. There's <laughs> no right answers there, though. I, I usually respond with, I'm woke. <laughs> Wait, okay, well, listen. Is that, is that good? Or what about the real oppression is class? Mm. Oh, yeah, I am, a, I am a Marxist, so, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay. What beliefs do Nobody. you hold okay. about your relationship to racism? Uh, These are a lot of really long sentences. I know, I don't want to read. Um, is that one of them? Do you not want to read this? Your relationship uh, to racism? You know. Like, do you have to deal with it, or do you know? I think, I think like, we've opened a I'm a good person. I don't want to close. Let's see what it finishes. I, what I think this is my white fragility coming out, because this is making me... Yeah, what uh, if you didn't want to finish the test? Yeah, that's... Should we put my oh, you email? you got to put your email in there. What's your son? What is this, a guilt trip or a sales funnel. <laughs> no, it's called white fragility, so it might be a guilt trip. Um, oh, white for, I mean, I, I'll, I could say this. White fragility is a grift. <laughs> it is a grift for white people to feel bad about themselves. Well, I think a uh, lady, lady uh, white. Ladies can grift too, Lucas. Women, yeah, the women are the the one that wrote the book is white, right? Yeah, she was the, the head grifter. I, I think... Uh, it's just magnificent. It's just like progression as a grift is like just you have to jump over so many hurdles and like dodge so many lasers mm-hmm. and still be wrong. It's amazing. <laughs> it, it's amazing how they say the right things, yeah. but they still kind of don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I, l- I love how you, this was all your idea, and then we got like 60 seconds into it, and you're like, I don't want to do this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not good fit at all. You totally love space. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. we should have a meeting. We should have, like, tease our guests in the meeting race. <laughs> this is not a good look. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the trailer park. This uh, is our Black History special, too. I can't believe. Yeah. The wow. middle of February. Wow, could we put the front end of the podcast on the <laughs> on the back end? Could we just do some editing? Um, okay, let's do type in uh, able-bodied fragility. Is that, is that a, to make me feel better? I think I think you should write that. So I get the upper hand. I mean, I feel like you can just copy and paste disabled on most of that stuff and, and, and play it back. You know, is that, you, there's got to be a. Abled fragility. There, yeah. Definitely. I have friends, I have people, wait, I have friends that are disabled. What? No, you don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I was, I'm, yeah. your, I'm your friend. Not a one. Aww. It's there. It's there. I knew it. Okay. No, is this, is, I can't, I can't turn around, but is this saying that, that it's the same thing? Yeah. Co- copy and paste. Yeah. Uh, not to change gears too much, but I, I did. I did have, we were talking uh, before the break about your special, and uh, I had some, uh, I don't know if this is a popular opinion amongst comics, but I wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, Do you think, like, I think the turnaround for people sometimes is for comics about, 
like putting out a new special every year. Like you, you were just saying it took you 10 years yeah. to like feel good about this special to do something that you're really proud of. And, and like, but it's kind of become almost the industry standard that comics are, are, are rushing to get a new hour out every year. Like, what are you, what are, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, I think, I think the internet, I mean, I think TikTok and Instagram is doing away with that model. Like, I think specials in general are kind of a, what we grew up with mm-hmm. kind of form of um, a medium, a medium. Yeah. Like, it's, the HBO hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, for me, it's nostalgic. Like, to have my uh, special, and I think it's gonna be clips like it's clips now like it would be like it would be like going on this night show like that used to make yeah your life was you were famous you were made yeah you were were blessed in and now you would almost be better served to go on like a popular podcast or a viral tiktok than going on the tonight show yeah of course like well we're talking about millions we're talking about numbers like when you look at how many friends do we have that have millions of views on their clips like yeah. like you know in and no one in this room oh i do Either. but um, <laughs> uh, like you're not gonna reach that audience on a late night show like you're not no no yeah. like young person yeah. is sitting at because they're not making those numbers no young person is sitting at home waiting for jimmy kimmel like that's not <laughs> and they used to be they used to you know yeah, yeah. it used to be a party to like yeah. uh, wait for you know carson or wait for letterman like, i remember scheduling sex around conan we were being like, Wait, what? Yeah, we'd like start fooling around, and then it was like, you know, Conan's coming on in three minutes. Oh like, my god! Yeah, we should probably hold off. Finish? That's, no, that's fine. I would, we'll come back to it. Oh, I thought you were just trying to finish. <laughs> <laughs> hurry up, baby! Conan's on. Hurry up! Hurry up! Let's go! Let's go! I don't know. Like, and and for me, maybe I'm like living in a pretend world where I, I want to imagine that Conan and Jimmy Kim, all those are still important. Because like what I do see now, someone that goes viral with a million views, it's not as a big of a deal for me because we're scrolling, flip, flip, flip. Yeah, I watched you for three minutes, but I'm not remembering that person that still has a million views. Yeah. You know, um, if I see someone on Jimmy Kimmel, I'm like, oh, wait, who, let me look up that person. Let me study their background a little bit. You I think know? that's different, though. You're not the average person. You're a comedian. Yeah, we're, you know? we're comedian nerds. Like, you know, we. I think the average person sees oh something God. in their feed and is like, this That's is comedy. Okay. Um, yeah, but I'm sorry. What? What's your. What? No, I just. Uh, no, Dyke just shut me down. <laughs> Like that's not a valid point. Your 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 opinion hey, doesn't matter. Hey, your opinion matters. Sorry, I'm no, here, we're I'm here to listen. I think I think I think both things can be true. I think that any of us, if we had the opportunity to go do a late night show, would would jump at it. We would definitely do it. Oh but yeah, I think I, I, I'm just saying that it doesn't. It's nowhere near what it used to be even ten years ago. No, and I agree with that. I agree with that, and but you know it's still. A major platform and still the credit of that you know what do you think about the half hour special because my my thinking is that all of our attention spans are getting smaller and smaller yeah, yeah that's why the clips work like that nobody wants to sit 
you know, unless you put it on as background, like, you know, unless you, you know, Netflix and chill with it, like, it's not... I uh, see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe it might come back, because I've heard they're trying to ban TikTok. Have you heard of that? Yeah, they're, uh, they're Republicans are. Okay. Because it's... Um, uh, there's a lot of theories on that, like why. I have no idea why. Because of the, like, the spyware or whatever? Because there's a theory out there because, like, Google and Facebook and, like, all the old school platforms want it gone. Mm-hmm. And then there's a theory out there, like, that it's, you know, producing a lot of, like, you know, leftist views and, like, supporting, like, leftist, um, like more fringe ideas that um, don't get mainstream attention, and you're getting this curated uh, view um, that you know don't have you know traction at like ABC or NBC, but have traction on your phone. You I know? only watch. I only listen to Red Pill TikTok. Yeah, it's just pro-life dances. I, yeah. we'll, we'll adopt your. <laughs> we'll adopt your baby. <laughs> that that that's got to be the most patronizing fucking slogan. That <laughs> those assholes. I swear to God. No, I saw Jerry. Wait, is that a slogan? We'll adopt your baby. There yeah, was like for a the, for the and for the like people that uh, want abortions or, or people that. Our pro life are like, we'll adopt you, baby, if you don't want. Yeah, it's the most smug shit, like the most like repulsive, like, ugh. It's at least put up or shut up, though, right? What? It's, it's at least put oh, up or shut up. Oh, come on. It's like, it's like the flat earther that sent himself into space. <laughs> I mean, at least he, you know, backed it up. No, He's still wrong. It, it's a point of privilege. Like, it's like to have that amount of money and to have that point of privilege to be like, you know, and then you're asking yourself, okay, what environment am I, am I really giving up my kid to some, like, White supremacists, <laughs> fucking. You think they were white supremacists? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Can you see the picture? Look at them. Look at that haircut that guy has. That's a white. That's white supremacy all the way. Is there a? Is there an age gap in there? Is it, it looks yeah, like she's hanging out with her dad. Is that? Is that what's going on? Hey, look at her hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh got, maybe they're in front. No, he actually adopted her. Okay. <laughs> that, you're trying to pay it forward. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah. He, he did a Woody Allen thing. We will adopt, um, we will adopt and become a throuple <laughs> with your baby. Yeah. It's very progressive. It's sick. It's sick. It's Adoption sick. is sick. <laughs> no. Any white person that adopts. Yeah. One is a white supremacist. Yeah. I've always said yeah, that. Yeah, I've said that to <laughs> to my parents. <laughs> no, I'm were you adopted? No, my uh, I have an adopted sister. Oh, I have my sisters. Oh, okay. okay. Both your sisters are adopted. I have one sister. Oh, I think it's sisters. No. Yeah, you have the one adopted. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's yeah. Dad's adopted too. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. So we don't release that information. We, we, he, he just, well, he just, we've definitely released that information. We, we, we and he just found out that his mom was a white supremacist, which is crazy. Yeah, she's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was so hard to answer. <laughs> I watched your uh, podcast and like you guys, my character is a white supremacist now. I mean. His mom's a very lovely lady. <laughs> I immediately yeah, I walked that back. She had a sign that said, we will adopt your baby. And then it, it worked. But that was back in the 80s. Yeah. Adoption was a little bit different back in the 80s. Yeah, so you could just, a little just, grungier. You just go and steal a baby from a, from a third from world a country. Third, third world country. Yeah. Uh, I was, we picked up my sister at Detroit Airport in 97. I still remember it. Oh. Yeah. You remember it. Yeah, of course. What airport? Detroit Airport. Oh. How old were you? Uh, seven or six. Oh, so you were so. probably still excited, right? Well, yeah. I got. What do you mean still? Well, like I got a step family when I was like twelve, and I was not into it. Like well, I was an only child, and then like turned oh. into the Brady Bunch, and I was just like, "This is kind of me." I, mean, I, like, I don't like this at all. I mean, she's my sister. Like she's not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like. I mean, they're my family too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't into it at first. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I was excited. I was, I was excited. To, I want everyone to disown their family for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, she was six months old. I was excited. Oh, okay. I wasn't like. Yeah. Oh, she was a okay. For some reason, when you picked her up at the airport, I imagined like a an adult person. No, she was a baby. No, you have a brother too. Well? I have two brothers. Yeah. Older or younger? Uh, both. I'm the middle kid. Okay, okay, okay. So you are already used to having a sibling. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was good. It was a good time. Is anyone else in your family funny? Are your parents funny? Um. Yeah. Uh, we're funny. We're a funny family. We're we rib each other and uh, talk shit. Um, I mean, my family is a lot in my stand-up, and I think if they didn't have sense of humor, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be so. Um, I remember one time your family saved an entire Red Flag comedy show in an alley. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had, we, we had a, a family reunion, and I brought, it, I brought them to an alley show, like, when it was... Like thirty degrees and windy out, and a little COVID. <laughs> Still a little COVID and outside. I'm like, hey, family, don't you love how successful I am in comedy? <laughs> no, but it was a good show. It was a good show. I do you think you'll be back there? Never. No, I don't think we'll ever go back oh. there. I think they're actually. I we weren't planning on it, but then I did get a message from. The, the guy that owns the ice cream shop, and he was like, I'm real sorry, but the, the alley is no longer available. And I was like, well, I wasn't planning on coming back, but yeah. thank you. You kind of always treated that show like it was visiting a family reunion. Like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, we gotta I go to the alley. The first one was pretty, it was great, and then it was just a steady decline after that. The last one, there was literally like a marathon in the, going on in the street in front, and nobody told us about. And so like, you couldn't get access to the show. Like, there was, I don't know, 5,000 people outside, yet there was nobody at this comedy show. Oh, I had to bark so hard for that show. Yeah. I was running around all over the Coke, that new Coke Hotel and telling people to come. Do you guys like outside 
Cherries? shows. <laughs> outside shows. I would say an inside show almost always is going to beat an outside show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on now. Unless it's like a very specific cool venue. Like, I'm sure like doing comedy at Red Rocks would be cool. You know, I'm sure. Um, like we, I don't know if we want to divulge this on the podcast, but I already started saying it. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a hot tub comedy Don't show. Don't say it! Don't say it! <laughs> I cut him off before he got to the good part. A hot tub guy. Like a show? In yeah. A hot tub? Yeah. It's, well, it's to support electrocution. Uh, I'll be in it and just put me in there for like half an hour and I'll start saying nonsense. <laughs> and like... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I get like overheated and start like rambling oh and hot tubs. it's fun yeah because i have muscle relaxation pumping through my uh, body at all times so that bad. like speeds up the muscle relaxation mm. the heat does yeah. oh. so it's like i'm like on i'm like tripping <laughs> it's always good to be a dude that turns weird in a hot tub <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah that, those are in the best place to turn weird uh uh so have me as a headliner. Yeah. Have me, have me roasting in there for half an hour, and then I'll do uh, 45 minutes. I'll be I like, so ladies, I took a white fertility <laughs> test. <laughs> Guess who passed? I think, one, that would be amazing <laughs> if you were our first headliner. Two, and I mean no disrespect, but it seems like... It, is it? Are you slippery when you go out of the hot tub? I feel like you'd be a slippery boy. All right, and we just got okay. Here. <laughs> Sorry, we've been talking about that. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I, I didn't have my headphones on. Uh, <laughs> repeat the question. I just imagine you being all pink and slippery. You're all sweaty from muscle relaxer. Am I slippery when I come out of the hot tub? Slippery when what? Oh I, feel, I feel like you're fucking Anderson Cooper over here. Fucking 60 minutes. Charlie Rose. Okay, I have a follow up question. You yes, don't. are you slippery when you come out of a hot tub? Um, I would have to say yes. <laughs> yeah, I think most people are. Most people are. When water, here's the thing, when water hits the skin, there's just something that happens to most people. Yeah, um, it's, a, I mean, it's a whole, like, hot tubs for me are a whole, whole ordeal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that's the worst part about being disabled, is not, <laughs> is not. <laughs> Getting it out of high school. Yeah, yeah. This motherfucker did grow up I know, I know. I grew up rich. That is the worst part. If I could change one thing about my disability, it would be the easier time. The hardest part about being disabled is swimming in your money bin. Uh, yeah. That should be your new book, Slippery and Wet. That's his next special. By Lucas Waterfield. And the water is there. Can you uh, drop a beat for me? 
Lucas, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you. Uh, where can people find you and follow you on social media? Um, I'm on TikTok, Lucas Waterville. Just type Lucas Waterville. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LucasWaterville.com. Just check out LucasWaterville.com. I should have read with that. Yeah. LucasWaterville.com. Yeah. Yeah. The Gen Z is always going to web- websites. That's, that's their favorite thing. Yeah, yeah they're like websites and hour-long specials. <laughs> that's what we want. Daddy's Jay. Hey, you can find me at Daddy's Jay McKee. That's actually not my website. Take two. <laughs> I don't have a website. You can find me at Bad McKee. That's Instagram and Twitter. Uh, at Dyke Michaels on all social media. Also, I want a, a sincere apology to Linda McKee. Uh, sorry I said all those things. I didn't meet him. For calling my mom a uh, uh, Nazi? Yeah. Yeah, she's not. She's not. She's great. Uh, Zach. <laughs> All right. Uh, Meat Cakes 3 coming up February 26th. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.